0: This is a Liverpool Echo podcast on Anfield Plus, the home of your daily podcasts, bringing you the inside track from Liverpool FC. Hello and welcome to a podcast preview of Liverpool's trip to Crystal Palace for the first Monday night football of the season. My name is Paul Wheelock and we've got a packed show for you, featuring views from the press box and from the dugouts. We'll kick off by hearing from our Liverpool FC correspondent James Pearce, who talks a trip to a place that brings back bad memories for Red supporters, but is nowhere near the bogey ground that some would have you believe, why the match will be the first proper test of Liverpool's impressive new signings, Jurgen Klopp's possible midfield conundrum, and of course, Mamadou Sakho, Christian Benteke, Martin Kelly and Roy Hodgson. It's safe to say that Crystal Palace fans hold Hodgson in higher regard than Liverpool's do, and that much is made clear by our second guest on this podcast, Matt Woosden, a Palace fan who covers the club for the South London Press, and who runs the At Palace Youth Twitter account. As well as Hodgson, Sacco and Benteke, we got Matt talking about Palace's main man Wilfred Zaha, the young right-back hoping to follow in Trent Alexander-Arnold's footsteps, one-time reported Liverpool target Max Meyer, and much more. To round off this podcast, we'll have audio highlights from the manager press conference on Friday. Jurgen Klopp talks the need for his side to stay angry. Hodgson, Zaha and Joe Gomez, whose importance in the Liverpool squad has only strengthened now that Roger Clavan has left the club. And then you'll hear from Hodgson on the game itself and his main striker who seems to have lost his goal touch. But first, we'll hear from James Pearce. Enjoy. An Anfield Plus podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Okay James thanks for joining me. Uh looking forward to that nice Monday night trip to Crystal Palace. Uh, fix your list has not been kind to you and the supporters have you really. <laughs> no not really no I think um it's probably not
1: the ideal time uh in terms of going down there. I think anyone who's been to Selhurst Park will know that it's you know, despite it being a relatively small ground you know it, the, the fans are pretty much you know almost on on top of you and it it can be an intimidating place to to go and play especially you know when uh, when the when the Palace team give their fans something to shout about, so uh, you know I think it's 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 one of those matches where it's absolutely vital that Liverpool start the game well and 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 ensure that they aren't able to to benefit from that kind of wall of noise that their that their fans can generate because um, you know, obviously I think a Monday night trip to sellers Park of course triggers kind of pretty dark memories of that yeah. game down there in uh, in 2014 when you know, effectively any lingering hopes of winning the title disappeared in that, um, you know, the way that Liverpool capitulated in the last 10 minutes. Um, but, you know, the funny thing is, despite that kind of feeling of dread, you know, Liverpool's recent record there has actually been very good, I think. You know, if you include the FA Cup tie, they've, they've won the last four down there. But, um, yeah, it's definitely the kind of game where I think we'll learn a lot more about this Liverpool team than we did when they uh, when they thrashed West Ham last weekend.
0: Yeah, and I was I was actually listening to the latest Blood Red pod as well and uh I, I just got the feeling that Sellers part was a bogey bogey ground for Liverpool. But I'd say results have have proved that otherwise, but it's always a close game, isn't it? If my mind serves me correctly, they're always tight affairs. Yeah, yeah. I mean even you know,
1: you take Liverpool's win down there in the Premier League, uh, towards the back end of last season, I think it was late March. Um and They really had to grind it out that day. You know, Liverpool were were miles away from their kind of fluent best. You know, they were lucky to only be one 0 down at half time. It was one of those days where Carrius uh, endured a really difficult time. Um, you know, Zaha caused Liverpool a lot of problems, you know, especially you know down Trent Alexander Arnold's side in that that first half. Um, I think it was yeah, you know, Klopp would have been glad that they they got in only one down and then. Liverpool did improve a lot in the second half, but yeah, the, I think it was Mane and Salah that got the goals that day. It wasn't particularly pretty, but the kind of result that was, that was crucial in terms of Liverpool nailing down a top four spot. And uh, I think it'll be it'll be that kind of night again. I, you know, I don't I don't foresee it being a, uh, a you know a procession by any by any stretch of the imagination. I think Liverpool are going to have to really dig deep and and, and grind it out.
0: You touched on it there. Is it almost welcome to English football for for Cator, Fabinho if he plays, but particularly Alisson compared to, to what he experienced last weekend against West Ham. Yeah, I think so.
1: Definitely, I think um, yeah, I think Allison was effectively a spectator <laughs> for most of for most of that game against West Ham. You know, very little to do. Um, yeah, you know, it's completely different. You know, for a start. Uh, the, you know the fans will be on his back down at Selhurst Park. He won't get the kind of ovation that he enjoyed at Anfield. Um, you know they'll they'll, they'll try and unsettle him. I think Palace as well. You know we know the way that Hodgson plays. You know there'll be you know there'll be a lot of lot of long balls in his direction. They'll you know they'll look to, look to get bodies around him, especially from from set pieces. Um, so yeah, I think I think this will be the proper kind of welcome to English football for for Alison Becker. Um, and uh, you know a, a big, big test for for him, um, and you know probably the same goes for someone like Naby Keita as well in the in the middle of the park because um, you know, it'd be a real it'd be a real scrap in there. Um, you know West Ham never even lay, really yeah. laid a glove on on Liverpool last weekend, and Keita was always given a, a free reign But um, yeah, I think it'll it'll be a, a step up all round, and I, it'll just
0: be a very different type of game, I think. Because it's a different type of a game, do you think Jurgen Klopp will, will make changes, you know, almost horses for courses, because to time combat those, those threats that Palace have got?
1: It'd be interesting. And I think, I mean, I, obviously I can't see him tinkering with the front line. I can't really see him tinkering with the back line. I think uh, Gomez did well enough uh, alongside Van Dyke at centre back. And, and also with Matted's lack of, you know, I think Klopp was saying that he hoped Matted would be fit to be part of the squad, but. I don't think, you know, Matip hadn't had a particularly great pre-season before he got the injury, so that wouldn't make any sense to me, and, uh, you know, I certainly wouldn't change either the full backs. I think, I think the, the midfield area is the interesting one. If there is going to be any changes, it'll be in there. Um, I, you know, I, I, you know he, he could turn to Fabinho in terms of, you know, he gives you that extra physical presence, I guess. Um, same going, obviously, Jordan Henderson will be absolutely desperate to start after... Uh, Coming off the bench last week, but I, I think I think it would be very very harsh in any of the midfield three started against West Ham if any of them missed out. And of course, you know it, it does have to be a, you know a horses for courses approach. And um, but yeah, I, I still would imagine he would go with with, with the same just because when and Milner, and Kaita were that good. And I and, and I don't think you know I, for all yes, it, it's a different type of test, but I don't. You know, it's, in terms of quality-wise, it's not a. It's it's you know it's it's more of a of a character thing, I think, and and and, I'm, and I don't I don't I don't really see any issues with, with with keeping with what he's got because I think you know I don't think anyone who was involved against you know, West Ham deserves
0: to miss out. Definitely I know there's a, a few were Liverpool old boys In the Palace squad But it'd be fair to say Zahar's the real Danger man for them What 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 do you make of him Do you think he Were you surprised That he stayed at Palace And do you, do you think He has got that ability You know Maybe in the longer term Now because he signed That deal to, to play For a big club Like Liverpool Or another top six club
1: Yeah it's interesting Isn't it I think You know Maybe a few clubs Were put off by Things didn't obviously Work out for him At, at United But you know, I, I, I thought He might have moved on This summer Um you know, there was a lot of speculation attached to him. You know, fantastic for Palace to keep hold of him. Um, yeah, and he's definitely the danger man. Um, you know, Trent Alexander Arnold, you know, amazed everyone with the progress he made last last year and produced so many really commanding and impressive performances. And you know, not least, when kept someone like Leroy Sane quiet in the, the Champions League tie with Man City. But you know, one of his toughest tests was was actually against Sahar. Um, and he, yeah, he is a he is a tricky customer, and he, you know his record you know, when he plays for Palace, you know his his record is is very very impressive in terms of how important he is to them. Um, and then obviously you've got the Benteke factor. Um, it was interesting that Klopp was talking him him up last week. I think um, you know he said anyone who's who's written off Benteke making a big mistake, he will score goals because you know he had a pretty desperate season okay, for, yeah. for them last last year. Um, but you know he he he'll, he'll feel it that he's got a point to prove when you know, he's going up against Liverpool and and, not, you know, and the manager who effectively uh, was more than happy to move him on and, and the same for someone like Mamadou Sacco, who um, you know I, I think I uh, saw the highlights of, of of their win over Fulham last weekend and he was he was lucky to get away with what would I think Liverpool fans would regard as a classic sack of <laughs> diving in for a tackle yeah. when he should have have given away a penalty, um,
2: but uh, yeah, he'll be you know he'll be desperate
1: to to impress because again you know he'll feel as if he's got a point to prove against you know he was you know it's it's funny really that probably still you know the, the Sacco one stands out amongst probably most of the ones that have been moved on because one of the few players who seems to have managed to really really rub Klopp up the wrong yeah. way in terms of um, you know the disciplinary issues that. Uh, that, that kind of did for him in terms of obviously getting sent home from the tour in America two years ago, and um, you know, Klopp not happy with the professionalism that he that he showed. You know, we've seen a lot of players kind of come back and and grab second or third chances under Klopp. But um, you know it looked like Saka well and truly kind of burnt his bridges. So um, you know again you know he proved to be a decent signing for Palace, helping them recover from that horrendous start they had to to last season. And yeah, I think all of that adds a bit of a bit of extra spice. Of course, there's of course Martin Kelly as well, who's been fondly remembered by Liverpool fans. You know, academy academy graduate who was a decent servant to Liverpool and has done gone on, gone gone on to carve himself out of a, a decent career at Palace. So you know, he'll, he'll he's certainly one who will get a very good reception from the
0: away end. Yeah, final one I suppose that leads me on To the manager himself Roy Hodgson <laughs> He didn't work out At Liverpool That's fair to say But he he's done alright At Palace to be fair Hasn't he He didn't work out in England either But he's done He's done a decent job With Palace
1: He has yeah I, I just think he's the, the, the type of manager Who's, who's perfect For the challenge that a, a manager of, some, of someone like Palace You know Faces I think When he walked in there They looked absolutely doomed You know they didn't even score a goal today In their first six or seven games Last season And um, and, and did you know, you, 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 you know even his biggest critics and of, of, uh, I'd, I'd probably count myself amongst them. You'd have, to, you'd, have to, you'd have to you'd have to give him give him a fair amount of, of credit for, for for the job he's done there. Um, you know I don't think you know there's, there's there's never any warmth really from from Liverpool fans towards Hodgson when when they go down there or he comes up to Anfield because <laughs> there's, there's no warmth during his six months as manager because. I just don't think he ever got Liverpool. I don't think he ever. You know, he was. You know, you, you look at everything Klopp is, and, and Hodgson was, was 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 none of those things in terms of you know, the brand of football was was desperate. You know, he brought in um, you know very low low quality signings. He he succeeded in alienating fans with pretty much every public utterance that he made at Anfield. Rather, than, you know, in stark contrast to the close bond. that that Klopp's established. So he was, you know, you have to factor in obviously the fact it was a very difficult time to manage Liverpool with the, the ownership situation and the debt spiraling. And obviously the takeover was on the verge of going through. Um, But, um, but no, he, he, uh, he was effectively brought in a safe pair of hands to steady the ship and and nearly managed to capsize it before he, uh, (laughs) before he got
3: binned off. So, um, yeah i just you know, i i just think the, the way that he approaches football the way that his style
1: of play is the way he is tactically and and even just his general demeanor um you know i think is much more suited to a, a kind of mid table to stroke bottom half of the table 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 side rather than a club where you're expected to to win every week but um what what he has done undoubtedly is is made Palace very well organized. Um, you know, and, and they have got some star quality going forward with the likes of Zahar and Benteke and and Townsend, and it's it a it's a dangerous fixture for Liverpool. Um, but you know, it's, if they're serious about you know properly posing a challenge for with City for the title this season, it's it's the kind of game that they have to go down there and, and find a way to win.
0: Top stuff, James. Safe trip to Park. Cheers, mate. An Anfield Plus podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Hi Matt, thanks for joining me on this podcast. Are you OK? Yeah, not too bad, folks.
4: thanks
0: for having me. Not a problem at all, Well, we're here to sort Crystal Palace. Liverpool will no doubt travel to Sellers Park on Monday in confident mood, but can the same be said of your boys after, after what happened on the opening weekend of the season? Yeah, I
4: think Palace will be in, in fairly confident mood. Um, the new signings, Maybe fit um, to start. They didn't start at Fulham, but he may not even change the team around after a good performance. It was a solid performance against a newly promoted team. You can always slip up against them, so I'm certainly sure that uh, Roy Hodgson will be will be looking forward to the game.
0: Certainly, it seemed a very professional away performance, kind of classic away show at, at Fulham on Saturday.
4: Yeah, definitely. I think it was one of those where. Um, you keep solid you keep defensively solid and, and create chances on the counter I and mean, pass way Palace can probably play this season is is to sit back a little bit so soak up the pressure or soak up you know let the other team have possession and then try and hit on the counter with the pace obviously you've got Patrick Van Arnhaar left back he's chipping in with a few goals last season uh, obviously we all know about work for Taha and his talent um, Christian Menteke, uh, up front so there's they're definitely options um and I think it will certainly
0: be an interesting one. Yeah, we'll come to the game on Monday in a moment, but just about uh, last Saturday and, and what happened after it with Wilfred Zaha signing that new five-year deal, how big a boost was that for, for everyone at the club and the supporters? Oh, yeah, of course, it's absolutely
4: massive. Um, absolutely star player, talisman, but I think sometimes you risk seeing Palace as a one-man team. Whilst they're not a one-man team, obviously do. Uh, rely on Zaha quite a lot um, but I thought on Saturday um, he was for his standards relatively quiet and yet he still popped up with a goal um, and to keep him at the club for potentially five more years that's a massive boost for Palace um, absolutely huge um, he's, I think last season Palace didn't even get a point when he didn't play so it tells you will need to know about how important he is to the club.
0: I think Liverpool fans or football fans in general can see what a talent he is. Were you surprised that you know one of the the bigger boys didn't tempt him away this summer? I think there was interest, but nobody, as far as
4: I aware made a bid. Um, I can see why uh, teams wouldn't necessarily make a bid because um, I think he already had three or four years left on his contract. He's probably earning over a hundred thousand pound as it is. Um, he's Palace's star man, so you're looking at a lot of money to take him away, sort of maybe 70 million, 60, 70 million, maybe even more. Um, and as good as years for Palace, um, I can understand why bigger clubs might be reticent to pay that sort of money. Um, Chelsea probably were the likeliest, but neither of their sort of star men or players that would receive a high fee went. So the likes of William or Hazard. Both of them stayed, so I can understand it from both sides. I mean, obviously, for a Palace point of view, it's great, but um, how much longer, if, if he plays well this season, then how much longer he'll stay at Palace is another matter. But for now, I think Palace fans will just be absolutely delighted that he's still at the club, um, and with a higher contract, then it's
0: going to be even more money to buy him out. Yeah, it's one of those things. Does he have to move on? You know, like, I think sometimes he can be people, football fans can be a bit guilty, saying, oh, he has to go to Chelsea or he has to go to Tottenham. Mm. But is, he, is it a bit like a match made in heaven, him and Palace? Because, you know, that's his team, isn't it? And he, does it mean more for him to, to play for them, and, you know, the team he grew I up supporting?
4: It, yeah, I think it does. I think there, there is no sort of... Absolute necessity for him to move on from Palace, especially if Palace can sort of kick on themselves like, in the next season or two or or three. Even maybe, if, maybe that's a bit long. But in the next year or two, if Palace can show that they're true and, and that they're really keen to push forward and that they're actually going to go for that, then I can see that you know he may not may not want to go anywhere. He may def- be definitely wanting to stay. I mean, came through the academy, he's a local lad. Um, you know, he went to Manchester United and he struggled there. Um, I think he was very young and there was a lot of problems uh in, in terms of setting in at Manchester United. Um, obviously signed by Sir Alex Ferguson and, and he left so David Moyes came in and a new manager, you got to impress a new manager a young player, um, moving out of home, moving out of your comfort zone to a different area where you don't necessarily know anyone um, so I think that that probably affected him in the past um, so whether or not I think if he did move it would probably be to a London club um, so you like of Chelsea yeah. maybe Spurs um, but I, I do think that he will probably stay um, for at least a couple more years
0: Speaking of young players, another one that who looked like he stood out at Fulham was a uh, young right back, Aaron Van Brussaeker. Uh, you know, when it's stuff when it comes to Palace youth, how big a prospect is this young lad? Uh, yeah, I mean it's important
4: not to get carried away with young players. Um, there is a, a massive clamour for young players to be given an opportunity, regardless of whether they're supposedly ready to make that step up. But with Aaron Wan-Bissaka here, he had played for Palace under-23 since the age of 17. Um, it's a good story of his, actually, because uh, at 15, he almost got released. Um, Palace's is uh, under-15 coach thought like He improved that season, and Palace under-15 coach decided to keep him on. And and from then on, he he really went for it. But he was a winger back then. Yeah, um, He got converted to a right-back um in training actually um palace were a right back down and um kevin Keane, who was first in coach at the time um decided that you know they needed a right back so he put one Bissaka there um and he impressed he, played, he was up against wilf and uh, against saha and um, he uh, he kept so quiet and not many players can do that even the best in the premier league struggled to do that so Clearly they were happy, um, he was due to go out on loan, um, but I think Roy Hodgson and the first team coaches continued to see him do well in training and then he was involved in some of the squads he played, he made his first team bow against Liverpool in the uh, Asia Trophy in pre-season under Frank De
3: Boer yeah, yeah, pre um, so, yeah, he, he is a very good prospect. Um, he played for England under 20s, made
4: two appearances. Unfortunately, got sent off on his debut for two yellow cards. And that surprised me because having watched him from the under-18s at Palace through to the under-23s and now the first team, I think I like, could count on one hand how many times I've seen him get booked. Um, but he's good in the tackle. He times his tackles perfectly. Um, he's quick, he's intelligent he wants to learn he's got all the things that you need to be a professional footballer um, it's just about whether he can keep it up and
0: clearly Palace are happy with him and at the moment it's his shirt to lose yeah it's a nice little subplot to Monday's game That obviously having Trent Alexander-Arnold on the, the right side for Liverpool as well yeah. it bodes well for England if nothing else to have these two players coming through
4: yeah, absolutely. I think it's great to see young young English talent coming through and it's great that there's more of a focus on that. It's interesting that a lot have gone abroad as well, um, and these two young lads have sort of been given a chance and they've stepped up. I mean, both players are fairly similar in, in their style of play as well. They're both sort of relatively attacking fullbacks. Um, obviously Bisaka won. Bisaka's uh history's slightly different but you know, it's great to see that, and it's good to see that Trent Alexander-Arnold is doing well. Of course, he went to the World Cup, but um, he uh, obviously didn't
0: get involved. But um, yeah, it was really good to see. Good stuff. It was a fairly settled summer, it seemed, at Palace. You know, you, you made a few signings, and one that really stood out for probably myself, and I imagine other football fans, was uh, Max Mayer. It seemed a bit of a coup. Do you think he might play any part on, on Monday night against Liverpool?
4: Yeah, so it was a very good signing from Palace. It was the sort of signing that um, you've been looking at Palace to make for several years. I mean, Palace don't seem to make that kind of signing since promotion to the Premier League. It's always been sort of safety first experience, Premier League experience, uh, older players. But um, he's kind of a direct replacement for Jan Kabai And it was a massive plea for Palace to get him with, obviously, his, his history and how well he did at Schalke last season. Um, yeah, I think that he's got a chance to play. I wouldn't have thought he'd start because he uh, he didn't play at all against Fulham. Uh, I don't think he was even in the on a bench. I think he was in the squad, but. Yeah, you know, travel with the squad but not on the bench, Um he didn't play against Toulouse in pre-season, so I think it'll take him a little while to get up to speed, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him on the bench and come off the bench for a bit, but yeah. I wouldn't expect to see him in the starting
0: lineup. imagine we'll see two ex-Liverpool players in Palace starting lineup. let's start with Mamadou Sacco, since <laughs> he's uh, completed his uh, permanent move to Palace last summer, H- how's he done?
4: Yeah, he's been brilliant for Palace, um, you know, he came in on loan of course initially, and Palace fans warmed him immediately he's got a very distinct style of play um, he's very gangly very legs all over the place but um, he's been excellent for Palace and he was a great signing I mean he costs a lot of money of course but um, you're gonna have to pay top dollar for, for players like him um, and since his permanent move for the most part he's kept up that, that solid performance and uh, Palace have gone I think it's something like twelve games unbeaten with uh, Mamadou Sakho and James Tonkins oh, um, okay. together at centre back. So expect to see that partnership continue on on Monday night. But um, yeah, Mamadou Sakho is a massive part of Palace and, and how they play, and yeah, it, it's been great to see how well he's
0: slotted in. Christian Benteke, Liverpool fans, he, he scored goals for Liverpool, he's he scored goals wherever he's been, but last season it was probably the, the one blot in his copybook, wasn't it? It's, it's, did that affect him when he's scoring three times throughout the season?
4: Absolutely, I mean, to begin with, it looked as though he might have been struggling with a little bit of an injury um, and also probably the pressure of uh, having the new manager, Frank De Boer, in um, to begin with. Um, and Wilfrid Zaha's injury. So he sort of became the focal point of Palace's attack. Um, and then he got picked up a proper injury at Manchester City and was out for a while. And then he came back and he struggled to win his place back, which is Roy Hodgson started to play a sort of more fluid, sort of four-two-two-two formation with sort of Wilfred Zaha and Andros Townsend up front together. Um, but yeah, I definitely think it affected his confidence. He... Um, he missed that penalty against, I think it was against Manchester City at home, um, a late penalty.
3: Um, he missed that against Man City when we would have won, if, yeah. if he'd...
4: Um, obviously that was disappointing, and I can't imagine it helped him, but um, he, he came on again later in the season. I forget which game, but um, and, uh, he, took, he stepped, stepped off and said to Luka that he wanted to take the penalty, and Palisans was screaming his name. He you know, wanted him to take the penalty, and... Yeah, was, everything was supportive of him. I think they really realised that he needed that support from the crowd. Yeah. Um, and I think yeah, it clearly affected him. Uh, but he started this season, obviously only one game, but he started this season fairly well. Um, he didn't score, of course, but uh, yeah, he's winning headers again. He,
0: he looks like he's almost back to the old decade. Definitely, can. The old Liverpool manager is in the dugout of Crystal Palace. It, it didn't work out for Anfield. I don't know how well he's regarded. It was a turbulent time in the club's history, but his standing must be high at his uh, his hometown club, given what he did last season.
4: Yeah, I think the word legend gets bandied out a lot, bandied uh, about far too much. But I think Roy Hudson really is a legend at Crystal Palace. Now, um, I know he's not been here long as manager, but you know, it was his local club as it was his local club as a kid. He was standing on the terraces watching the club. He taught you know he was an english teacher um in in the area um and uh yeah he's done brilliantly for palace he's he's really transformed the club obviously after picking up uh Frank the board's mess i suppose um he started to get things better um he's instilled a real work rate in the team of belief confidence they 're very confident they know what they're doing they're well drilled. Um, he's clearly a very Im- impressive manager he's a great manager he's a great man manager and he just seems like a very good person as well he seems like a nice guy and I guess what more can you want from a manager and he's he's willing to put, uh, put trust in youth of course with Aaron wan so you know, he's got all the makings of, of an all-round manager and you know, some people might not like his style, some people obviously point to his failings with England and, and Liverpool, but you know, you look at what he's done at like West Brom as well and his 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 record for itself and at Palace has been brilliant and Palace I love him.
0: Aims this season with Palace, improve on that eleventh place finish from last season?
4: Yeah, of course. I think realistically, given our start to the season, um seven games without a win without a point, without a goal um, it was an absolute mess and he took over and, and steered the ship um i think certainly with the new signings, um we can palace can push forward and and try and improve on that um you know solid win against them kind of maybe it's a false dawn hopefully not but um it looks good for the season for Palace. Um, obviously, the new signings, maybe they're a little, a little bit of uh, depth needed on the wings, but Jeffrey Chuck can play left wing if need be. Um, Patrick Donahan actually with a few goals last season. So, you know, I think given the start of last season and the fact that there's not going to be that upheaval and there's more stability this season, then certainly you'd hope that Palace would, would improve on that position.
0: Just before I let you go, mate, what do you make of Liverpool, you know, as a, as a fellow football fan? What do you think, they what they're going to be doing this season?
4: Yeah, I think, obviously, last season, I think they finished fourth, didn't they? Um, I think it's going to be hard for them again this season, of course. Yeah, there's so much talent at the top of that table, um, but Liverpool's Liverpool have got so many good players. You've, you know, throughout the team, you obviously, Naby Keita coming in, um, Sadio Mane, Robert, Bobby Fominio, um, and obviously we all know about how good Salah is. Um, so, yeah, you have clear, clearly got the talent there um, to challenge for for what top top two. Like, it, it's going to be hard to uproot Man City this season, but you know, if, if Liverpool get everything into into gear and everything into place, then yeah, they can challenge for the title. I'm not saying they'll necessarily win it, but yeah, they can sort of push Man City for it, potentially. Um, obviously, Andy Robertson, I, I've got to say, I really like Andy Robertson yeah. um, at full-back. He's great, both defensively and going forward. Um, it's been great to see his progression. Obviously, he's one that you think, I wish my club had signed find someone yeah. like that. So, Won't
0: be the um, only one.
4: <laughs> yeah, there's talent throughout the club. Um and I don't see any reason why they won't be back up in the top
0: four this season. Just one final one, mate. Let's face it, Sellers Park, Crystal Palace, Liverpool. It's never dull. You're expecting more fireworks in the uh, first Monday night football of the season.
4: <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it's a bit different this time um, with, with the way that both teams play, of course. Maybe they'll cancel each other out, but both teams have got some real attacking flair and attacking prowess. So hopefully we'll see an entertaining game. Um, I can't imagine it's... To be quite hit the levels of, uh, of the free-all draw um, that Liverpool fans will always want to forget yeah. but will always be reminded of. Um, but, uh, no,
0: certainly I think it will be an entertaining game and we'll see what happens. Matt, thanks very much for that brilliant insight into Crystal Palace. Enjoy the game and hopefully catch up again when uh, your boys are up for Anfield for the
3: return game.
1: No worries, thanks very much. An Anfield Plus
0: podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
3: After all the positive stories during the week, which is probably the, the biggest challenge if you have a, a longer run, obviously people are still not used to um, enough to good football from us, it's always like it's when we are good then it's like you are unbelievable good, but we didn't get anything for it so far, not really. So we need to learn all that stay positive, very good. but. Stay angry as well. That's that's how it is, and don't celebrate the whole week until next Monday, and then fall hard or whatever. We, I think, we, we can do that in in, in training. But um, I said in a meeting to the boys, it's everybody. If we are good, then the people are not the supporters, the journalists are overly excited, and even TV wants to do constantly wonderful stories and stuff like that, and it's so nice everything, and he's good with him, and he's good with him. But we have to work and not um, do, first and foremost, these things. Um, I saw Crystal Palace uh, playing the first game against um, Fulham, and obviously um, they are unbeaten, I don't know how long, um, probably were the last ones who won there, that's, quite, that's a while ago, um, it was difficult that day already. Um, so they are they're grown as a group. Um, Roy is doing a fantastic job there. Um, when I started as a manager and oh, when I, and as a player, when we started playing four four two, saw a lot of videos of from Switzerland from Roy Hodgson, so more or less one of the inventors of this kind of defending. And now is back on track with that, obviously. So very well organized side, very very good, and um, that will be a, a tough challenge. To no, very important, of course. The last year was maybe the best example for it. But I really think um, with all the good results they had, they, the the confidence grew um, a lot um, in the last year. So you could see that last period of the season they, they were very consistent with results. Um, preseason was was okay, but it it's good until uh, good it was too good, and um, and um, now the first game was good. So he scored, yes, but uh, the, the, they played they played real football and they uh, I think three or four of their new players were not even a squad or didn't didn't start. So um with Cuyate for example, Max Meyer for example in the creative um um of the pitch they they can make the difference so but um Milojevic and make are doing well Townsend is a, is a fantastic football player and um Schlup in a slightly different position so it's just a good football team now they have to the speed um on on the wings and all all these things both both um full backs are pretty quick and and all these things very experienced centre halves so that's a, that's a really good Good football team, and um, but of course you always need each team. needs um, It's good if you have different players to make these decisive things, but if it's then only one and he's doing it constantly, it's good as well. So and that was uh, what he's doing for for Crystal Palace. So uh, I think they are pretty happy that he signed a new contract. It was very important, important, I was never in doubt about it, Joe, so um, and his um, ability to play as centre half, but it needed time. So after long injury um, and having a fullback is a very Important position, but um, you still have most of the time, at least one centre-half in your back still. So I think it helps, in, especially in defending moments. Um, and it, psh, now he's um, yeah, he's fit, which is very good, and um, a very good football player and played the position good. And yes, together with Virgil, they have a very good understanding um, on a personal level as well. So <laughs> that's 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 really cool. Um, but we have the others as well, and, and Joel is close to be back um probably hopefully able to be in the squad at, uh, at on monday so then we have him then we have um yes Dejan, still a bit injured um we have nat phillips um and if we need uh, then um Fabinho can play the position as well so that's good but um they are they should play of course another position but it's all that's all good so we have uh, we have enough players and now that we have to see who is fit Who fits to which opponent the best, and then we make a lineup. So, but um, that he can be that he can play that position really well, I I knew before.
0: An Anfield Plus podcast from the Liverpool Echo
2: made that a little bit more easy for us in the sense that we won the first game. It would have been a lot harder to get excited about had we known that. It's a game that we def- desperately must win, otherwise we're going to be rooted to the bottom of the table. Those three points make such a difference. Um, we can now welcome Liverpool and what will be a very, very difficult task for us in terms of winning the game, but we can do it at least with the comfort of knowing that three points were already in the bag and any points we get from this game will be seen by many people as a bonus because these days the the teams that are being put forward as the Championship winners this year, Uh, when I say Championship I mean the Premier League Championship winners, Um, they are normally expected to win every game, you know, home and away, so uh, we know what we're going to be up against, but we're ready for it and we're happy to be going into the game, as I say, with those three points behind us. It would mean a lot for him to score. Uh, against Liverpool or anyone else for that matter because he's he's desperate this season to put last season behind him and to put the the disappointment of last season behind him and what better way to do that really than to to come out against his former club and, and score against them so uh, I don't think it will be difficult to motivate Christian Mentaka it never is and it certainly won't be on Monday night You've been listening to an Anfield Plus podcast on the LFC Echo app